We've all got questions about the Bible and Christianity. Some of us are Christians and want to know how best to live for God and show our love for Him. Some of us are curious about what it means to follow Jesus. And some of us are skeptical of the idea of religion in general. Whatever your background, we invite you into these conversations that strive to take an honest look at what the Bible has to say on a wide variety of subjects. Each week, we will discuss questions that have been sent in from all around the world and try to find truth and practical application in God's Word. If you have any questions or follow-up comments, contact us anytime by emailing info at broadwaycoc.com. I'm Jed Lovejoy, and these are Conversations with Dan. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to another one of our conversations here with Dan. Welcome. We've been doing a few videos about worship and kind of guiding us through from the Old Testament to now, and a natural question that comes up after all of that discussion, Dan, is something along the lines of, what does it mean to have fellowship either between people or within or between congregations yeah. based on... What do you do with that information about worship, past, present, future, so to say? Okay. So going to the very foundation of this to make sure we're on the same page. Mm -hmm. First of all, we understand that fellowship is actually sharing a relationship with God with other people who share that same relationship with God. Okay. Uh, for our... Just for grins, let's read 1 John 1, 3 again real quickly. Okay. 1 John chapter 1, verse 3. 1 John, got to get past Peter. 1 John chapter 1, verse 3. And it says, That which we have seen and have heard, we proclaim also to you, so that you too may have fellowship with us. And indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. All right, we share the gospel with other people so that they who are outside of Christ, might have fellowship with us, and our fellowship is with the Father and the Son. Mm -hmm. So we want them to share the relationship which we now have with God and Christ. That's right. fellowship. Okay. All right. So our video, I think, really is about how we as people recognize and, recognize and embrace people into that fellowship or how we exclude people from that fellowship. Yeah, a, kind of an older term you might hear people say is the marks of fellowship. Yeah, or the lines of fellowship or yeah. whatever. So let's look at another very simple scripture, Romans 15, okay. verse 7. Romans 15, 7. Ooh, I've got that one highlighted. Looky there. It says, Therefore, welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. All right. So some translations will say accept one another. Some mm -hmm. translations will say receive one another. Yours says welcome one another. Uh, I think the word is uh, proslambano or paralambano. But uh, it, it means that as opposed to excluding them, you embrace them in fellowship. Mm-hmm. But notice how it says, or on what terms we are to welcome one another. As Christ has welcomed you. Ah, so on whatever basis Christ accepts us, mm -hmm. on that basis and that basis alone must we accept others. Okay, so I, I guess then the question is, what is that? Yeah, <laughs> now to make this a little bit more um, interesting, if you stay in Romans, the same word, accept or welcome, 
is used back in chapter 14, verse 1, if you'll go back there. It says, as for the one who is weak in faith, welcome him, or accept him, I assume is that word, mm-hmm. but not to quarrel over opinions. So we are to welcome people or accept people who may hold different opinions about certain things mm-hmm. than those opinions we hold. Okay. And in that chapter of Romans, he's talking about people of different cultural backgrounds who come into Mm. uh, Christ, and they have different ways of doing things. And he's talking about matters of opinion, matters on which God has not given us any commands. Okay. Okay. So uh, to to, uh, bolster this idea some more, if you'll go forward in Romans to Romans 16... Verse 16 and 17, he says the same thing in a different way. He says, To greet one another with a holy kiss, all the churches of Christ greet you. I appeal to you, brothers, to watch out for those who cause divisions and create obstacles contrary to the doctrine that you have been taught. Avoid them. All right, so accept the one who is weak in faith, don't argue over opinions. Fourteen one. Mm-hmm accept each other the way Christ accepted you to the glory of God, 15, 7. Mm-hmm. 16, 16, now greet one another and mark anybody that would cause these unnecessary divisions among you. See, this is uh-huh. the overall template into which these yeah. chapters are unfolding. Okay? okay. So, the... The gospel calls us into fellowship, 2 Thessalonians 2.14. Uh, similarly, 1 Corinthians 1.9 says we were called into the fellowship of his son. We're called when the gospel is preached. We're invited or called mm-hmm. to come into this fellowship, this relationship with God. And so the first obvious keys to fellowship are, did this person hear and understand and obey the gospel as we see it laid out? And that includes, you know, all the things that we read about in the book of Acts. Yeah. And um, uh, we would say that, you know, hearing the message of Christ, uh, putting our trust in Jesus, repentance, baptism in the name of Jesus for the forgiveness of sins, all of those are the means into fellowship. Okay. Those could certainly be, those are certainly lines of where fellowship begins. So like those foundational things of you believe in, the creator God, you believe in his son Jesus who came to the earth, lived, died, was resurrected. You believe that the spirit is sent to the believers, you know, and we talked, you already mentioned baptism. It's not just believing that those things are true. The word believe in the salvation stuff means more like trust. Okay. You not only believe they're true, the devils do that, Mm. but you put your trust in those things and you make a turn in your life, a a, a mind shift, that's repentance, and then you submit in baptism. See, that Mm -hmm. admits you into the fellowship of Jesus Christ. So I think that's part of when we start talking about how do we see where we have fellowship with someone, how do we see if churches should have fellowship with one another, it comes down to a lot of that sometimes is sometimes you can say really easily, I believe these things, or, Mm -hmm. you know, a church can make a mission statement. They believe certain things. Yeah. But you have to look a little deeper to see, do they live those things out? Just those things. Yeah. Okay. So if somebody has indeed submitted to Christ, like we just talked about, then Mm -hmm. they have been admitted into fellowship. 
but then fellowship also involves the way we continue to live and the things we continue to do hmm. because back in our first john book in chapter one verse six and seven we've read a jillion times if we say we have fellowship with him and yet we're walking in darkness we lie and do not practice the truth right but if we are walking in the light as he is in the light we have fellowship with one another hmm. so if we say we have fellowship that doesn't make it true unless we're practicing the truth now the truth is when god has revealed his word and has given us his commands mm -hmm. if we are trying to do those commands we're actually putting into practice the truth okay and so we're by that definition walking in the light doesn't mean we're perfect but we're walking trying to do god's will as it's commanded and we have fellowship, okay? So that is another parameter that we're trying to walk in God's commandments as Christians. We're not neglecting or ignoring his commandments on purpose. Hmm. Okay. So? So I guess there's a couple of different directions we could go from there. What? I'll throw a what if out. What if there is a congregation that they have done their study, they've done their stuff, and on some particular subject, not related to like those foundational, this is God, Christ sort of thing, but on something else, maybe worship related that we've talked about in the past or whatever, they have studied it out and they've decided this is where we feel scripture is leading us, we feel like we have grounding for it, and in all good conscience, that's where they are. Mm -hmm. Do you then cut them out of fellowship if you're a congregation that has gone the other direction. Well, if there are commands of God that you read your Bible and you say, but they're not obeying this command, they're disobeying this command that has to do with worship. Uh, you could, for example, look at the commands about who's supposed to lead the prayers in worship, First hmm. Timothy 2.8, who's supposed to do the teaching in worship, First Timothy 2.11-12, 1 Corinthians 14, 34, 35. Um, if they're disobeying those commands, then even though they may have convinced themselves those are not God's commands, it would be hard for me to continue to participate hmm. or fellowship with them in worship if they're ignoring those commands. Okay. Okay, so, so again, if you can imagine a runway and the plane landing on a runway and the lights on the runway, you know, defining that path, mm. we can think of the commands of God as the lights on the runway. Yeah. And if you cross over those lights, you're getting off the runway. You know, that's a way to simplify it. Um, there are many commands that some people think that they have the right to transgress because times have changed. Hmm. Um, for example, women elders. Okay. There's absolutely no biblical basis for such a thing. And uh, the biblical stipulations, which say elders should be this way, would not fit that. Yeah. So... Um, that's one example. There could be other examples, but uh, 
certainly the commands of God define the lines of fellowship when one is in Christ. Now think about this. There was in the early church the fellowship meal, the Lord's Supper. Mm-hmm. And those who had been baptized into Christ and were trying to live for God, they took the Lord's Supper and shared the Lord's Supper. When a person, as in 1 Corinthians 5, was taken out of fellowship because persistence in disobedience to the commands of God, that person was no longer welcome to that fellowship meal, so that was a line of fellowship. Mm. Um, So in that situation, the person drawing, or the people drawing the lines, first off, we would always say, our God, Christ, His Word. But practically in the moment, that that sort of situation, is that being played out by each individual member, or is that the leadership of the congregation? It says in 1 Corinthians 5, verse 4, that it should be when you are gathered together. So that's in a public situation. The church recognizes as a whole that this person is willfully in disobedience of this command or that command of God's word and they won't change and therefore they can no longer have this participation. Hmm. What the church is doing in effect, if it's correctly done, is they're simply recognizing what God has already recognized. Okay. They're not doing something to the people that God hasn't already done. Hmm. They're recognizing that person's position with God because of the persistence in a behavior that is proscribed. Okay. Meaning it's condemned by God, whatever that is. Okay. I know that gets really difficult for people, and that makes them very uncomfortable. I know it I mean, it makes us uncomfortable if we're ever put in that situation. Sure, absolutely. Um, Now, let's go back to what we talked earlier about, about the matter of opinions. Okay. Some people try to draw lines of fellowship based on what someone thinks. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as we develop as Christians, as we study and everything, um, we may form opinions at times which are not 100% correct, but having an opinion in your head is not the same thing as practicing something that is in, in contradiction to the commands of God it's not the same as actively teaching something or causing division in the church, which is, mm. which is condemned. So, you know, Romans 14 says the faith that you have, have between yourself and God. Sometimes we can have an opinion privately and keep that to ourselves, And that opinion isn't necessarily a matter of fellowship. Um, now, if, for example... In the scriptures, you know, there were some that were saying there was no resurrection from the dead. Right. And Hymenaeus and Alexander, Hymenaeus and Philetus in the Timothy epistles, uh, they were teaching that the resurrection was already passed, and Paul delivered them unto Satan. Hmm. So they were undermining the basic Christian faith of other people by teaching that doctrine. And so they, the fellowship was withdrawn from them. Yeah. Because they were teaching something that was contrary to the fundamentals of the New Testament. Mm. Okay. So then it's always interesting when we get into those, like the matter of opinion discussions, and Mm -hmm. we look at something like that and we go, well, that's so obvious. It is obvious. 
And yet there's people that will draw those same lines on even more tenuous things like um, there shouldn't be any drinks in the auditorium because when you come to the auditorium, that's when you're worshiping God. And if you have a drink, you're not focusing completely on God. And so therefore that drink is causing you to stumble and then they go, well, even if it's not causing you to stumble, it may be causing someone else to stumble because they're worried about you spilling on the carpet the whole time. So drinks are not allowed because they distract from worship. Yeah. And yeah. They, so they've built their foundation on something that is true if we should focus during our worship and think about all those things. Yeah. But they've now pulled it out to something that most people are going to go, I, I don't see a problem with this. Yeah. And, and clearly you're in you're in something that's a matter of opinion they probably get their opinion from first corinthians eleven twenty two. don't you have houses to eat and drink in or do you despise the assembly of god and in that context they were talking about making the lord's supper a common meal and how that um, they were excluding other people from mm -hmm. the lord's supper and everything, oh, yeah. which really doesn't have to do with whether there's a uh, a drink sitting in your pew or something like that but Again, those are those are things that I think would fall into the realm of opinions, and we may not like it, or we may have reasons why we think it's inappropriate. But to make that a line of fellowship mm -hmm. would not really go along, I think, with New Testament teaching on fellowship. So, I guess what I'm trying to pull out is just because you or someone you're talking to may found an idea on a scripture does not necessarily make it of first importance? No, um, I think I think some people found ideas on scripture, but they're incorrectly using the scriptures. Okay, so maybe one that's a little more direct, you used this in a Bible class yesterday, talking about mixed bathing. <laughs> We're not talking about bathtubs either. We're not talking we? about bathtubs. Yeah. yeah. But it again, that was a that's founded on don't lust, you know, don't you know, all those right. different passages we could go into. Right. That is true and direct, and yeah. yet some people see it as what's well, okay for the boys and girls to swim together at at camp or at somebody's house or whatever. And some people are like, no, that can never happen. Yeah. See, this is where we we try to take a biblical principle about not lusting and modest dress and all that, and we try to. To make a blanket application to every situation where people might be swimming, mm -hmm. you know, which is if you if you observe the practices of a lot of people, they do things differently. Some of them are quite modest; they're very conscientious, etc., and they do swimming at, with their families or whatever. So you can't just make laws that God hasn't made and say if you if you practice swimming, mixed swimming, that's a matter of fellowship. The Bible doesn't say that. Hmm. You're going beyond the things that are written. Okay. So it's not that they're going beyond the context of a scripture, but they're adding a kind of an, an outer guardrail or something. They're like. adding an application. They're binding where God hasn't bound. When we give scriptural principles like, you know, you're not supposed to lust, you're supposed to dress mod modestly, then each person has to apply that, and God will judge them on how they apply that. And you may choose to apply it in a more extreme way than somebody else does. Mm -hmm. uh, but that doesn't mean that you're both not trying to respect the principle. Okay. Yeah. So, so getting back to all of those, then how you mark fellowship between people or between congregations, 
those are the type of things that a lot of times people have divided over. That's unfortunate. Um, because one of the greatest teachings in the New Testament is the teaching about unity and how that we should make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. And we should, we should, we should keep unity as, as one of our highest priorities mm. unless somebody is in clear violation of a biblical command. Okay. So then maybe to round it out on a like an actionable what do we do about it sort of thing because mm -hmm. I'm sure people have a million and one examples out there of what is a first priority definitely divide over this one's the matter of opinion all that other stuff. What do we do when we get to that line where either we feel uncomfortable or we feel like of scriptures being violated? Do we try to work through that with someone, or is there just the clear cut, we let them go and we stick with the group that we're close to? Well, I think there, there are many congregations where if they did certain things, I wouldn't be able to participate with them or stay with associated with them, worship with them. If they departed from what I understand to be God's commands, I would have to be somewhere else. Uh, but... I think that many people are so restricted by their opinions, which go beyond Scripture, mm. that anybody that doesn't share all of their opinions, they won't have fellowship with. And they, I think they are, they are robbing themselves of what God would want them to have. On the other hand, on the other extreme... Mm -hmm. There are those people who will allow anything and have fellowship with anyone, even when they are clearly divided. I mean, they're clearly disobeying some of the commands of God. They'll yeah. say, well, that's just opinion. Well, if God says it clearly in his word, it's not opinion. It's, it's a matter of fellowship. So. so if you're out there and you're trying to sort some things out, is it right, okay, a good practice— however we wanted to phrase it there, to create the, these are of first priority, these are of secondary importance, and then kind of tier things? Or is everything of equal importance? Wow, that's a, that's a heavy question right there. Um, I don't say that anything that God has commanded is not important. I think everything God has commanded is important or he wouldn't have commanded it. Uh, but there are foundational things that everything else is built on. And uh, certainly those things are foundational. There are the big messages of the New Testament that, that are priorities. Um, but that doesn't mean that um, the small things, you know, Jesus said, you know, you tithe mint and dill and cumin and you've left undone the weightier matters of the law. And then he says, you, these you ought to have done and not to have left the other undone. Mm -hmm. So Jesus didn't denigrate any of God's commands as unimportant. Yeah. But um, we're really not, at least I'm trying not to in this video, talk about things which God has legislated. We're talking right. about things that God hasn't le legislated on. Yeah. Where people tend to divide over their opinions when there's really no word from God on these things. 
Okay. And so we really need to re-examine ourselves and say, what does the Bible say on this particular matter? And if the Bible doesn't address it, hmm. then we need to back off and we need to say, okay, is there a bigger principle here? And if we see that clear principle, like the principle that we're supposed to dress modestly or to avoid lust, okay, you have that principle, employ that principle in your life, but don't get into every possible situation where it could possibly come up and mm. legislate for other people okay. how they choose to do that. So there may be sticking with those like matter of opinion things, not mm-hmm. the, the legislated stuff as you've, right. as, you've, as you've phrased it. You may decide for yourself not to directly have fellowship with that congregation. Like you're not going to be part of that congregation, worship there on a regular basis sort of thing. Right. But if the congregation you're with and that other congregation are getting together on a Sunday for a potluck and a devotional sort of thing. That was a matter of opinion that you decided between one or the other, but it doesn't mean that those two congregations are completely separate sort of idea. It depends on whether the thing that violates our conscience is what they (laughs) want to do when we get together. So I'm going to keep it real surface level. That way we don't... If you go to this congregation because they don't have television screens and they still just use paper, and this congregation has television screens or a projector. I don't know why that would even be in the discussion. Hey, somebody out there is going, been there. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So it's like, those are the sort of things that we divide over. Again, some of us are going, that's so ridiculous. That's very ridiculous. And other people are feeling that they've had to go through that struggle. Right. And so you've divided over those things. Is that a mark of fellowship not a, between not those all. congregations? I mean, that's that's a sin. The division itself would be a sin. Okay. There's a whole <laughs> other discussion there. <laughs> yeah, to divide when it's not necessary biblically is a big sin. Yeah. I can give you buku passages. Now, if you, again, that's where you personally if you have the choice between congregations and that's what you're looking at yeah, you can you're really choose not those. talking about fellowship there yeah well you're choosing that you would rather not you're saying i'd be more comfortable there that's not fellowship that's just ah, your comfort okay unless it goes to now the commands of god well i was going to say unless it goes to now you're dividing against them like by you choosing this one you have cast a judgment on this other that would be Maybe that's a good distinction yeah, for in, people. In Romans uh, chapter 14, verse 3, and again about verse, I don't know, a little bit later, 10 maybe, <laughs> okay. he, he's, he uses two terms. He says, do not despise and do not judge. How do you have 14.3 there? Let's see. You, you've got an ESV, so it may use different Let's see. 14.3, uh, it says, let not one who eats despise mm-hmm. the one who abstains. And let not the one who abstains pass judgment on the one who eats, for God is welcome. All right, despise and pass judgment. Go down to verse 10 or so and see if the same thing isn't repeated there. Why do you pass judgment on your brother? Or why do you despise your brother? For we all stand before the judgment seat of God. All right, and then about verse 13. Then they say, therefore let us not pass judgment on anyone any longer. All right, so see what he's talking about despising, passing judgment. He's talking about condemning people, saying you're not okay with God and I'm not going to associate with you because you are not doing as my opinion says. 
They're not violating scripture that you can read, but mm. they're devi- they're violating your opinion about something. Okay. You're sinning if you do that. He says in 14.1, accept that person. And in, in Romans 15.7, he says, accept one another just as Christ accepted you to the glory of God. Mm. And then in 16.16, he says, greet one another with a holy kiss and mark anybody that tries to divide you. Okay. So maybe... There, there were at, the, at your favorite phrase to sweep it all up in a pile. There. Well, I'm looking at the bigger structure of the book and what right. he's trying to do. Right, because I think sometimes we see marking of fellowship as simply making our choices of no this sort of thing. Marking fellowship goes back to this judgment. That means you're condemned. You're not okay with God, and I'm not going to have anything to do with you. Hmm. So if you say, if you come out and you say, I'm no longer going to fellowship with you with that sort of implication, are you then passing judgment on them? Yes. Okay. And if you're going to do that, you better have the commands of God to back you I was going to say, so it's a little bit bigger statement than probably most of us are used to hearing that. Um, I've heard that tossed around pretty easily. Oh, we're not, we, we don't fellowship with them. Well, that means that you've passed judgment on them. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I don't know if that clarified any specific issue out there but maybe gave a little more context for that discussion. A, a good question to ask when these things come up, which I regularly ask people is, what is your passage of scripture for that? Hmm. What is your scripture on which you base that? Yeah. And if they can't give you a scripture, then you're in the realm of opinion. Okay. Like I say, I hope that helped in some way. <laughs> yeah. So it's a tough discussion. We're glad that you're here to join us for discussions like this and some of the other ones we've had along the way. So if you have more specifics on this part of the discussion or anything else related to worship, fellowship, all these other things, um, as always, send them in. We, we try to respond to as many as we can. Uh, we're not always the most you know, right on time with things, but we get to it. We do. We do get to it. So thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time. Thanks again for listening to these weekly conversations between myself and Dr. Dan Owen. Conversations with Dan is an outreach and teaching ministry of the Broadway Church of Christ in Paducah, Kentucky. You can find us online through most of the major social media sites or through our website, broadwaycoc.com.